Well, pay close attention. Say that out loud. Pay close attention. Those of you at home, pay close attention, okay? Uh, this message is one that often the messages from the pulpit are encouraging messages, and then there are messages of admonition, and then there are messages of admonition, but also remind us that bring to memory some of the things that, that we might uh, we might. Uh, practice as much as we should and that's kind of one of the messages tonight and uh, I think I think we'll all be moved before it's over one of the thought-provoking factors that I live with every day in my calling as a pastor and as a minister and it's this Jesus is coming back soon I mean there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun you believe that I believe that. And when I think about what I do and all the things that I get involved in as a minister and as a pastor, I must never forget that the primary focus, one, is to reach lost people. It's to see that people have an opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ. That's why I could say that 99.9% Going on 32 years now, we have given an altar call every single time we have preached, 99.9% .9 of the time, because we believe people ought to have an opportunity to respond. We had a testimony the other day, one of our online audiences uh, actually, uh, actually typed in and had dialogue with our director of our online services and said when it came time and pastor gave that article, I raised my hand. I, I dedicated my life to Jesus Christ and I wanted to let you know, you know, thank you for praying for me, etc. So we know that right now God uses that. But listen, every second ticks away one less opportunity. Let's talk about America for America to get right with God. We will never relive the last second. We'll never relive the last minute. We will never relive today. It is what it is, and time is rapidly getting away. Now, when the Lord comes, and we call that the rapture, when the Lord comes, and we call it the rapture, there is a reward for life in Christ. He said, I'm going to give you a reward if you committed your life to Christ. And then it's also the penalty of death. I mean eternal death for the unbeliever. Unbeliever makes no difference what you look like, what your social status is, what your financial status is, what your position is. If you did not confess your sins and then began to live for God and produce the fruit. Here is, here is the truth. You will go to hell, period. No way around it. You say preachers don't want to preach that anymore because it, it is, uh, it's rude. Listen, in the Scripture, if Jesus had not been direct and the prophets had not been direct, there would never have been a mighty establishment of the church. But the reality is if people are not right with God, my friend, the only place for them to go is eternal damnation. We call that hell. That's unfortunate. But what has God done? 
he's given the church. Many reason Jesus' coming will, will be significant. Earthly things won't matter. We know that his coming will be instant. That is the rapture of the church. You'll hear the trumpet and without warning. They said, no way to know when the Son of Man comes, it will be without warning. Right now, the rapture could take place in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. And then what we do or do not do will be sealed by that time of the rapture. No being able to say, wait a minute, I heard you coming. Let me run. Take care of some unfinished business. That will not happen Every day that you live, every night when you go and you say your prayers and your devotions, look back on the day and say, did I today accomplish what I believe to be the will of God in reaching that which is most important to the heart of God, and that's reach lost people. You see, the rapture and the coming of the Lord is just around the corner. I'm working on a message now to talk about what that latest peace agreement meant that recently took place uh, over in Israel and in that part of the world in the Middle East. What did that mean? It opened up a large opportunity, my friend, that is in the Bible right there. And it's already started to happen by the grace of God. So I, I want us to be cognizant and aware that things are happening rather subtly if, uh, if you don't know the Bible, but if you know the Bible, you can say that's more and more pointing toward His coming. So when the Lord returns, I ask myself, and this is a message for study, when He returns, who of our loved ones and who of our friends and who of our co-workers will be able to go to heaven with us? I mean, you pretty well know, well, I want to be judge, judge. Listen, get it right. Without fruit, without fruit, which is the significant manifestation of a person's relationship with Jesus, is you bear fruit. If there is no fruit by virtue of their own lack of bearing the fruit, there is no hope in their heart for Christ. That's what the Bible says. He cut down the useless tree that did not bear fruit. And we know that when that happens, eternal consequence will take place. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. Here we go. Just as a man is destined to die, what? Once and after that to what? Face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the what? The sins of many people and he will appear a what? Second time not to bear sin but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. This message speaks to us as believers and those of you that are listening online and some that might be here, that you've never really settled what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You've never settled it. One of the factors that tears the family up, that tears the church up and its strength 
is the culture today among many people. And that is this. I moved in with my boyfriend. We're living together. All the benefits that go with it. Why aren't you getting married? Well, I just don't want to, but we're living together. Now, let me tell you something, friend. The reality of that breaks down the fabric of the foundation of the home. Are you with me? And it goes to the children of that couple that might be living together and says that the greatest institution God created other than his church is marriage, that it is not necessary. When you take that foundation away, it will be very difficult for the young culture that's coming up to be able to understand why there should be spiritual guidelines. Are you with me? And so we understand. But if a preacher gets up and talks about that, the preacher's called out. Well, you don't understand. You're old-fashioned. Listen, I know this book. I'm called to declare the truth and the Word of God in love. Amen? Well, pastor, are you talking to me? I'm talking to anyone that's feeling conviction right now who might be viewing. But here's the bottom line. All you have to do is to do what God says, and you won't have any problem. None. First, we as followers of Christ need to see the need. What do you see? Everywhere I go, I ask my, I wonder how many of these people, if the rapture were to take place, how many of them would go to heaven? I wonder what kind of interruption it would be in our culture if the rapture took place and all the, all the Christians left. Ezekiel twenty two twenty four, son of man, say to the land, you are a land that has had no rain or showers in the day of wrath. And our text is the declaration of judgment from God saying to that group of individual, the people of God, especially Jerusalem, you are going to face judgment, and I want to tell you why. The simple word, sin. Sin with the rejection of God was common practice. The preachers in that day, if you study the word, the preachers would preach, there is no such thing as right and wrong. The priests would say, there is no activity that you do, but what it is not sacred. They gave permission to worship other gods. They had forsaken the Sabbath and said, you do your own type of worship. So the Sabbath doesn't matter as it relates to being holy. Whatever works into your schedule. Families were being separated and at war. Integrity was absent. Self-centeredness and pride happened to be present, and pleasure was on the agenda. And that's what happens in that 22nd chapter of Ezekiel. He states, God at that point took his hands and he said, stop it. Stop it. Right now, stop it. Putting his hands together said, I want your attention. 
And God speaks here to Ezekiel. Ezekiel, you are my bona fide appointed anointed prophet. Your job is not easy. You are to state the truth. You are to call people to repentance. And you are to forecast ahead by what I tell you what's in the future of the lives of these people. And he said, son of man, you're in a land of no rain or showers. And the day of wrath is coming. In other words, the people that you serve are a people without promise. Meaning a people of no hope. Think about that. Can you imagine what it would be like to be judged and rejected by God? You see, we live in that dispensation, as we know, the spirit of grace and mercy. But there is coming a day, the day of judgment and wrath. And as a church and as believers, we must see the need. Without Christ, you are damned for hell. With Christ, you will spend eternity in the presence of the Lord. So we look around and we say, are the guidelines and the rules and the morals of our nation getting better with each day or each year? The answer is no. We are forsaking things that should not be forsaken. We are caving in and giving way to compromise in a huge, huge, huge way. And as a church, we have to see the need and say, there is sin. The problem with every man in misbehavior is he has decided to rebel against God in his heart. Rebel. Sin is a separation. Why can't I if I'm a good person? There's sin in your life. It separates you from God. God said, in my home, in heaven, sin has no place. Sin is evil. Sin will destroy. Sin will taint. Sin will lie. Sin will deceive. Sin will lead you astray. It's separation. When we look at the manifestation of sin in the culture today. As I mentioned, families ripped apart. Greed and pride robbing life of real meaning. Children are being or having babies. Many being disobedient. Mobs of violence take place. With no apprehension, substance abuse is okay. Sharon said to me last night, have you noticed more liquor commercials on? Before like 9 or 10 o'clock at night, have you seen them during the day? Do you see them in early evening? And I, and I said, yes, I see. Why is that? I said, here's a good explanation. People are holed up in their homes. Many do not have jobs. There is hopelessness that is there. And the good old liquor makers say, this is a good time to say, if you are depressed and you are discouraged and you are in need for an up, go buy you a fifth of this, that, and the other, and it'll help you make it through COVID-19, my friend. I'm here to tell you that that is wrong. What will take you through COVID-19 is having a bona fide, up-to-date, passionate relationship relationship with Jesus Christ and lean upon him every single day and not your own understanding. If you believe it, put your hands together and let's give the Lord a clap offering.
honesty and integrity. His soul for the deal. Moral fiber is being excused. And social issues judged by personal choice. It's your choice. It's your personal right. You get to choose what you want. And you know what God says? That's right. I gave you the opportunity to be a free moral agent. You choose. But listen, if you don't choose right, and you're still not choosing right when the day of the Lord comes, you're going to pay the consequence. And that is a fact. That's why Victory Church continues in every way that we can to make a difference in the community, to keep the light and the lamp trimmed and burning, to do everything that we can to walk with wisdom and with kindness and with love, but still taking baby steps forward. In our society, godliness and righteousness are words that our children don't even know the meaning of. What does it mean to be godly? The church is being pushed aside as if it has no place or purpose. But listen, his church will be strong and get stronger every day until the day of his return. You believe that? God says... If you see what he sees through spiritual eyes, that you'll strike your hands together and provide change before it's too late. And for change to take place, we must see the need that the average, here it is, the unbeliever doesn't see. Don't expect your coworker, your relative, your team member, don't expect them to see things that you see in the spiritual realm. Why? Here it is, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. Paul said we should not lose heart once we see the need. And then he says in 2 Corinthians 4, 1, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the Word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So, what he's saying is that they are blind. But what does Jesus say to us? You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. For a blind man, an unbeliever who is blinded by the God of this age, the only way that blind man will see the light is through you. Why? You are the light of the world. They will not see the light unless there is a moment of interaction. And the only way for the unbelieving to receive the promise is for those of us who see the need to respond, to believe God. Number two, we must be consumed. We must be consumed. We must be, say that with me, we must be consumed with what? We're consumed with a lot of things. 
But Ezekiel 22.30 says, I look for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. So I, stand in the gap, so I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. I found none. There's a sense of urgency in this verse. A sense of urgency that will slip by us day to day to day unless we are paying attention. And God is sharing that sin that disturbs his heart, the urgency of the hour right now, and the judgment that's on the horizon. He said, I looked for a church, a man, a person to build up the wall and cry the alarm and to say wake up come to faith hear the message i was coming up on uh, walmart out here north 98 at the corner yesterday day before and there was on each corner it had a big sign two guys honk if you love jesus you know, honk if you love Jesus. And I mean, they were, they were getting with it. Well, I, I laid down on my horn. Matter of fact, I played Amazing Grace with my horn <laughs> while I was stopped at the light. I, I know you may not know it was Amazing Grace, but I was playing Amazing Grace. I got through with that. How great thou art. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. I'm telling you. Honk if you love it. You say, well, you know what? That's stupid. You know, two guys standing out there, you know, with those signs raised. But you know what? Heaven was looking down and said, thank God there's at least two who's willing to stand on the road sign. And some would say, you fools, but to lift up the name of Jesus. That is so elementary. That is so, that is ignorance. That's what the world sees. God says, oh no, that's boldness. And everybody's going to wish before it's over, they would have honked their horn before it's over. I'm talking a serious dispensation that is coming. Who will cry? Why? So that hope could exist, deterring. If somebody gets there and declares the truth, it will deter judgment. Now, why hasn't the Lord come? Why is the Lord putting up with all that he's putting up with? Why doesn't God just strike old so-and-so over there and strike them dead? Why, don't God, why does God allow that kind of stuff? I'll give you the answer is mercy. Because right now, God's not going around with a whip. Every time you get out of line. He's got the whip. But there's still tears in his eyes for one more. But the day is coming. The day is coming that your friends... Your co-workers, some of your own relatives, are going to miss it. And so this message tonight says, stand in the gap. Why? I'm just looking for one so that I don't have to judge. Just give me one so I don't have to judge.
I found none. No one would respond to the desperate cry of God to declare what, what did he tell us to do? He gave us our instruction, the great commission. Go into all the world, tell everybody you know, the great commission. George, Bonas, George Barna research showed that only 28% of believers in Christianity felt it necessary to share their faith. One man said to me, you've heard me talk about him, I don't wear my, my, I don't wear my religion on my sleeve. Well, that's true. You know, when you don't want to show, show what you really believe, that means you can act and behave any way you want to because no one's going to call you an account because they don't know that you're a professing follower of Christ. But the minute that you declare, I'm one of his kids, then people are going to look at you and say, prove it. And love and the fruits of the Spirit has got to flow out of your life in front of them to prove the message of truth and to show the fruit. Somebody say, amen. If we take others with us, Jesus returns. We must be consumed with the task. I have to reach somebody for Christ. How long has it been? How long has it been? COVID-19 is a great opportunity to get closer to God. Here's what the Bible said in Jude 22, 23. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. An intensity. Be merciful. Proverbs 11:30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is what? Wise. He's talking to the church. Standing in the gap requires a single focus. It requires a heart of compassion, sacrificial effort, sense of purpose. Standing in the gap says, I will die if necessary while serving as an instrument of God, helping to save lost humanity. There time to time, Sharon and I will ask the server, we're going to pray over the meal. Do you mind joining us here? I've talked to a few before the prayer time and found where you to go to church. Sir, should you ask a thousand questions? I said, I've got a few minutes to get to know this person. I'm a Christian, and I've said to one or two, how about you praying over our meal? And every time we've done that, they prayed a beautiful prayer. Listen to me, friend. If it ain't in you, it won't come out. Amen? So, here's what he says. James 5.20, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So he said, that's your, that's, that's being consumed with reaching lost people, touching them for the Lord. We must also remember the consequences for failure. Oh, so you missed a deal. Well, you just lost some money. You missed an appointment. Well, try to reschedule. But if we miss doing the task here of being the person to stand in the gap, people that should have been able to go to heaven won't. Well, that's not my fault. Yes, it is. When you know what to do and you doeth it not, the Bible says it is sin unto that man. Help me, Lord. Those of you listening online, let God speak to your heart. 
we must remember the consequences of failure. So Ezekiel 22:31. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their own head all they have done, declares the sovereign Lord. Bringing down on their own heads all they have done. The redeemed will spend eternity in heaven. And we will receive rewards of varying degrees according to our faithfulness and obedience. We will. There'll be some, there'll be some, I want you to know, they're going to have rewards that's unbelievable. There are going to be others, Christians, who made it in by the skin of their teeth, but they made it in. And that's important, but it's What's more important is to know what to do, and we do it. Matthew 10, or pardon me, the redeemed will spend eternity in heaven. Matthew 10, 42, and if anyone give, gives even a cup of water, it's really simple, to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. So little children, we did virtual Bible school for our kids recently, the report from John, our children's pastor, said, Pastor, it was the best thing that we have ever done. We had more parents and more children tuning in and more lives changed than we've ever had in anything that we have ever done. Just reach one. Come on, let's clap. Let's clap. Let's just reach one. Just one. Just one. The unbelieving will spend eternity in hell. We cannot imagine what that's like. Why? They're rejected now by God. So we know the rapture. Okay, we know that. Those are holy and righteous. The dead in Christ are going to rise. Those of us that are alive and remain are going to be caught up and meet the Lord in the air. And then we believe the tribu strong tribulation will take place. We believe we'll be raptured before the start of the seven years. Some believe, okay, mid-tribbers, okay, well, I'll go the first three and a half years of the tribulation, but you won't have to go through the second three and a half where the real, the real wrath of God falls down. And, and we know that, and we believe that we're going even prior to that. But it says, when this happens, the God who reached out to you, the God who has convicted, the God who has tried to love you through a local church, the God who has given you chance after chance after chance, the God who has been patient and long-suffering, the God that has blessed you with favor, that is undeserved favor, while you're living your way away from God, now will reject you. I witnessed in my ministry a man one time because his son started coming to church and married a young Christian girl. The dad said, no longer are you and no longer is your wife and no longer when you have children, no longer are you welcome in this house. No longer are you welcome. You will not be invited this day forward, I don't know who you are. I've dealt with some of those people. Weeping, what do I do? I said, you take it a level higher. 
your heavenly Father has never rejected you. And your heavenly Father has the power to take the stone-cold heart of your natural Father and change him. React positively and pray over him. It says he rejected him. Wow. Matthew 7, 23. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers, cast into eternal darkness. That's, that's it. Cast into eternal darkness. Matthew 8, 12. May the subjects of the kingdom be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth destined for a lake of fire. A very real place. Now, Revelation 20, 15, if anyone's name, however, was not found written in the book of life, he will be thrown in the lake of fire, saved or not saved. Saved, heaven. Not saved, though good, though peaceful, though reputable, but just not spiritually born, the lake of fire. That, that, those are the only options. There is no gray area. I hope the good man have a mercy on me. He's doing that now, but when the day of judgment comes, his mercy is over for you. It's done. And so here, never forget that when you go to hell, and people that go to hell, they will be cognizant, according to Scripture, of what's happening to them in torment. And that's found by the example in Luke's Gospel, 16, verse 23, in hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father, Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. That's the rich man. But, oh, he lived high on the hog before the day of judgment. He wouldn't give Lazarus the scraps in his day of control. And then when he went to hell, he knew the agony of his torment. And can you imagine with me people that you know and love who are blinded to that truth, having to go through that because possibly we were not consumed with reaching one more person. One more person. Some are praying prayers today in major stadiums and major conventions around the world. Pledge allegiance to the flag. But they leave the verbiage of God out. God's blessed America. But God's giving mercy. But listen, nothing done that takes away the worship of God will ever go unnoticed. One day it will be dealt with. And unlike us, we want no one. That's why we have the VCA. That's why we've continued through summer with everything that we do. And in some cases, 
knowing that some of the ministries in Sidewalk and other at the Dream Center may in fact create a difficult situation for the COVID. And when a stumbling drunk walks down near the Dream Center and knows the team down there and walks up to Cooper and throws his arms around him and weeps. Cooper's not out to say get away. He's out to say, God divinely protect me for loving this man because he's blind. Sunday morning, we will meet back here for church those of you online, I pray that you'll, you, if possible, I don't want anyone to come if you're afraid and you, you have that, do not, do not, do not come. But I also know that there's some that simply take advantage. I'm shooting straight. I'm not having to come to the worship house. Heavenly Father, I thank you now because I've delivered this message out of my heart, out of a heart of love, a heart of understanding. I've tried to tell the truth, try to shoot straight. And God, I don't believe I violated my own conscience. I know that we've all fallen short. We've all sinned. I know that. And I know that we all make mistakes but the person who's the unbeliever that's blind to the truth is the person that tries to reconcile their wayward way with a holy God. They try to fill up their life with good works or good deeds, but just never really willing to humble themselves and bow their heart and say, my life needs to be changed and I need to be a follower of Christ. I don't just need religion. I need to be a follower. I need to bear fruit. I need to bear fruit. I need to do what I can to be certain that God and his work and the kingdom of God is first in my heart. I need to know that whatever I do that might bring sacrifice to my life now, I'm doing it as unto the Lord. And God, that will not go unnoticed. You will notice it. And God, it may bring me rewards after I'm dead and gone. Seeds are planted, sometimes don't come up right away. But eventually, every seed planted will bring forth a harvest of some kind. So I pray now for those at home and those in this room and those that will be listening to this message. God, do what we cannot do. And now we're going to pray and ask everyone to repeat this prayer to give everybody an opportunity to be sure that your heart is right before God. Here we go. Repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I believe by faith that you love me. I have made mistakes. 
I've made many mistakes. But tonight, I'm looking forward to walking with you and being a changed person, exalting the name of Jesus. I give my life to you and everything that I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together. Let's stand to our feet one more time. Come on, everybody. Let's thank the Lord. We're going to sing this one worship song, and then we'll give you the dismissal. Love you, all of you. I'll see you Sunday morning. We'll sing. And how great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all we'll see. How great, how great is our God. Well, can we raise it in the room tonight? Sing how great, how great.
Thank you for being here tonight. Join us this coming Sunday. Have an awesome night.